Good morning. It's basketball. Walking outside. I hope uh, this Monday morning is is doing well for you. I'm blessed. I I, I truly am blessed. I'm blessed to be alive. I'm blessed to be healthy. I'm blessed. But this morning I want to talk about something, and this is opinion. This is more opinion. This is one of those podcasts where I'm just speaking and thinking out loud and to some degree, I'm going to let y'all hold my thoughts. I had somebody DM me. For those of you who don't know, I'm sure you all do. Direct message on TikTok. Someone asked me about suicide. And this individual asked me and, 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 and made it a very general question. Would someone go to hell if they committed suicide. And I had to really, really think how I was going to respond. And I'll tell you why. My puppy's trying to get in on the, on the stuff. Move out the way. A few years ago, I met a preacher, pastor down the street from our church. Real nice guy. I, I think, matter of fact, to be honest with you, he came by our church soliciting our church to do a revival. That's how it happened. Him and his son. And it was just an incredible encounter. It wasn't a short visit, but it was powerful. And I just fell in love with him and his spirit. And what a wonderful man of God. I, I, I had met such a wonderful Christian like him. You, he would invite you over to the church. His office was in the back. And man, he just loved to share the scripture, the word. He loved sharing uh, um, his heart, his life, his just who he was. He was just a wonderful, wonderful man. I, I can remember many occasions I would just stop by. I would, you know, in the device world, I could, a week out of the month, I could really concentrate on going to the dialysis units and the hospitals locally. And I would always make time to go visit him. If it may be 30 minutes or 45 minutes, an hour, two hours, sometimes two or three hours. But he was so well-rounded. He was familiar with uh, history. He was raised in the same town as my wife. He was a, a knife guy. He loved knives. He and, and pen, he collected fountain pens. It was amazing. He would have all these various fountain pens, and he could tell you, you know, uh, the the type of pen and the classification of the pen and what was it properly used for. He even gave me that and, and an inkwell, not inkwell, but a, a bottle full of ink. It was just, it was really cool. Top of that, he was a teacher class martial arts guy. I mean, he, he, he held classes and people would come and train with him. And he was just that guy. And he was just a well super around his kids, man. His kids were fabulous. I'm t- well behaved, all serving the Lord. Um, just wonderful, 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 wonderful kids. I could, I can't say enough about them. 
And as far as I know, I know one of those sons is either the pastor or in training to be at one particular church. The other son was going to go in the military. The daughters, I think, married men of God. Just wonderful. His wife, I didn't know too well. She was very quiet, very low-keyed. She also did martial arts. But when I met with him, it was always him and I. We talk about scriptures. We talk about the Baptist movement. We talk about denomination. And we weren't like-minded in a lot of ways when it came to Baptist and King James Version versus no. But our love in a spiritual way just superseded. I just, oh, I loved him. I loved him. I loved him. I loved him. And he was just a super duper well-rounded guy. Yeah. One particular day, one of those awesome weeks that I'm going to be off, and uh, not be off, or I should say, be able to, in my career, be able to work in his area. I can make some appointments with the local hospitals and dialysis units there and squeeze him in and spend some time. So it was one of those weeks, and I was going to make this particular day that day. And I remember texting him and, hey, dude, I was passing by the church just close enough to the church where the moment I drove right past it, he'd be texting me back, like, come on in. And I'd be stoked pulling in. That was my plan, so I'd always do that. So I would text him probably about four, three or four miles prior. Or, no, I should, that's, that's, that's exaggerating. Maybe three or four blocks prior to him. So I'd be leaving my church. Before I'd pull out on the road, I would text him, like, hey, dude, I'm in the area. You want to wanna talk? And as I started going down the road approaching his church, no text back. And finally, right when I got past the turnoff, I got a text back and it like said something. And, and folks, I, I can't remember, but I roughly remember saying this. Hey, yeah, um, I'm busy right now, but why don't we talk tomorrow? And the way the text was written was not, he was very formal. Even in this text, I mean, abbreviations and Everything was always formal. Even in this text, he was just a top-notch guy. It was just not the way he was. But this text was short. It was it was something that I would send, which very was informal, to the point, and really not personal. And I remember just driving, getting on the freeway on the way home, just thinking like, "Hmm, hope he's okay." And so I just. Didn't think much of it, prayed. Well, let me word that. I probably didn't pray. And then maybe maybe there lies a problem, but we'll talk about that another day. And so I went on with my evening and it probably being pretty busy. I didn't think much of it, but I knew the next day I would go see him. Well, I get up early that next day and I make, once again, I'm here for the whole week. And I said, well, you know, I'm going to make a point to really squeeze in and see him today. So I did. When I jumped on the freeway, I jumped on the freeway going in that direction. I got a phone call from one of my deacons. And he says, hey, Pastor Paul, have you seen the news? But he said it in a very concerning way, a way that I was really worried. I immediately thought, oh, no, what happened to the church? That was my first thought. I just couldn't, I mean, my dad, I was just thinking I'm building and all the, the things that go with it. And I was like, oh. And he says, your friend is on the news. The police are at his church. And I said, what? 
So I had to pull over on the freeway. I pulled over, put on my hazard lights. And I said, say again? He says, well, I'm assuming you haven't seen the news, but your friend, the pastor, is at the church and the police are surrounding the building. I said, okay. And I didn't know what to think. I, I, I didn't think anything bad. I just thought, what happened to my friend? Did, was he robbed? Was was he, did somebody hold him at gunpoint? Because he was at the church all the time. There was the church building in front and behind the church in a separate building was his office. I could only imagine, did, did something happen? Because man, the neighborhood, while they probably didn't know him personally, he was doing wonderful thing, acts of kindness in the neighborhood. And I guarantee people didn't know it. He never told me about it, but I'm, I analyze things. And I just figured, did somebody come and hurt him because of his benevolent heart? He could protect himself. So I drove immediately to the church. And to my surprise, my friend was in a standoff with the Phoenix Police Department. And in the process, he took his life by gun. <sighs> Folks, that shook me up. Didn't shake my faith up. It shook me up. It didn't make me question Jesus and his authenticity and what he did on the cross, but it shook me up at the very core of my soul. I asked myself over and over again, dear Jesus, you know the life that Nick lived. You know, know that he had a, a servant's attitude. Oh, I would just wrestle with this. Because you got to understand, folks, it's not at this point as human beings, at this point, I was struggling with this to some degree thinking, how can one kill yourself? I could imagine at the very last moment with regret before committing the act would have to be gruesome, fearful, to literally allow that to happen to yourself while many, 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 many years ago, I was going through a divorce. I remember driving in my little truck. And while I would never have taken my life, I prayed that the Lord would take my life that moment. I remember asking the Lord, take me. Let a rock or something or just take me. I don't want to have to go through the hurt and the pain. I remember that, but I would never have done it myself. No, 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 no. Uh -uh. But
Nick took his life. <gasps> I'm sorry I shouldn't have said his name. I won't say his last name. I will say his first name. My friend took his life. And I'll never know why. I'll never know why. Now, so some of you are probably saying, well, he left a note or someone had this or that. Who knows the heart of a person that is driven to the point of taking their lives, especially this person with a gun. Who knows the heart but God? I, I will never know. You will never know. You can speculate, but that will never know because their life has come to a close and what made them and drive them to that very moment, we will never know. But what I do know is what I saw on a daily event. So when I prayed to God, I said, Lord, have mercy upon him. Lord, have mercy upon his heart, on his soul, who he is. For he served this kingdom, dear Lord. I've seen it with my own eyes. I don't know what happened in his personal life. I don't know what was going on. I just saw the fruits. And that event changed the rest of my life with regards to suicide. But the one thing that I can't shake when it comes to my brother Nick, And I know theologically I can answer all of this, guys. I get it. We can answer all of this with a, with a verse. And the verse is enough. This is where I'm just telling you my thoughts in my heart. The, verse, the verses that support things that happen, what we do, where we're from, our origin. Uh, I don't question anything in the Bible. But this is the struggles internally in my heart and in my mind. But I can't help but think. What Nick could have did in this world for the glory of God if he hadn't taken his life. I'm, I, that's what I'm left with. Now, in the theology, we know all things are working together. We know that. We know God is sovereign and knew Nick was going to do that. We know that God is God. He's almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing. He, he weighs the heart. He doesn't look external. He looks in the heart, in the heart of man. And we have to depend that he's a righteous judge. We, we know that theologically. But I'm struggling in my reality of my flesh. Lord, please have mercy upon him. Because now it's personal. Suicide is at my front door. It has taken somebody. It, it, this wasn't uh, the, the poster child for suicide, folks, in my heart. This gentleman was not the poster child. Some of you might say, well, who is the poster child? I'm not quite sure. Because now it's been brought to my attention that a suicide affects every one of us. It doesn't matter. 
what they might look like or not look like. It doesn't matter their occupation. It doesn't matter their age. It doesn't matter their ethnicity. It does not matter their social economical status. In other words, it doesn't matter. Suicide affects everyone. But I have to go back to this. Suicide is an option that comes with finality in the physical form. It is an option that comes with a finality something that cannot be reversed. It is final. And the moment that you commit and take your life with your own hands, now we're not, we, we know God, but we're talking about us and our finite thinking. The moment that you take your life in your own hands, from the smallest thing to overeating to the greatest thing of pulling a trigger. What do you think happens? You transition from time and space and the things of this world into eternity. This is what happens. We'll leave that right there. But what did you not How wait, let me reword that. What did you miss in this life? What 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 breakthrough was just around the corner? What event that might have changed the way you thought about person that did what they did or did not do what they did or was there or was not there was present was not present misused used hurt harm financially ruined whatever list whatever thing that has just really destroyed your life what if that very thing can be used to encourage someone else was that just around the corner and let's not talk about let's talk about uh, 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 the, the effects of suicide on family Nick's kids were the best kids, and as far as I'm concerned, or as far as I know, they still are doing wonderful. They're functionally, they're functional, even based on their father committing suicide. It's just simply breathtaking, I guess, to some degree. But that's what I see of them. But what really hurts them? What what really bothers them that even the mention of their father's name brings pain. Because it has to affect you that the dad took his life. But let's go beyond Nick, the sister, the mother, the father, the aunt, the uncle. We are left with the pain. You transition from life to eternity. 
we are still in the land of the living, left to ponder why you did what you did. And even in that, I can forgive you. Even in that, I can say, it must have been something intense, but I'm still left with an emptiness that does not get filled by just idle words to some degree. I still believe in God. I still believe in Jesus, but I plead with Jesus about my friend Nick. I just wish he hadn't did it. There was so much that could have been said if I'd only known. So folks, if suicide has ever been on your radar, may I ask you to think about one thing. Who is left to struggle with the decision that you made? Is it mother, father, brother, sister, aunt, and uncle? And trust you me, it might be just one person that you hope is affected by your suicide. But what about the rest? What about the friends? <sighs> Please don't. Please don't take your life. Let me be the first one to say, I love you. I really do love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. I know I don't know you. I know I don't know you. I don't, I don't know you. I've never met you, but God has told me that I'm supposed to love the Lord. And I'm supposed to love my neighbor. If you live in this world, my neighbor, that doesn't mean everybody's going to love me back. And that doesn't mean that we, we're, in all cases, I'm going to be best friends with everybody because some people ain't going to love me back. But I'm just here to tell you, I love you. And I care for you. And I, I don't want to see you take your life. Please. If Nick was here, I'd say, Nick, just talk to me. But Nick ain't here no more. So I'm saying it to you. Talk to somebody. Grab somebody. Somebody you love and trust. Somebody that, that, that will listen to you and share your heart with them and let them know what you're going through. Because I'm left with the I don't know. What could I have said to Nick to change his thinking? I didn't get that opportunity. Give someone in your life that you care for, that one person, before you make any kind of decision and share what's on your heart with them. You'll bless them more than you can imagine. And the blessing you receive out of that might be the very thing that nudges the victory that you could experience. Know that we love you. We choose love.